It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Welcome along to the GAR. This is Football Show on Monday. Myself and Conan are here. There's only one place to start, unfortunately, Conan, because we seem to be starting a lot of these Monday shows off with fighting, and it's in Kerry this time. So. It's not just a purely Ulster thing, you'll be glad to know. <laughs> well, we, we know that anyways, just the last uh, four or five examples have all been from Ulster um, in, re- in the recent past. But this Kerry one, this Kerry one is not one of the worst ones I've ever seen. There's a lot of pushing and shoving. There's a men- member of the Dingle management team that uh, strikes an awful cowardly it's blow on one horrible. of these Kerry players. And that's the really shocking part of this. This was a... a a box and it didn't look like these carry player it just went slightly off camera even was expecting it and he went down holding his face didn't really want any part of it and that's a member of a backroom team and the book should be thrown at that fella like I mean I'm not sure if you go into the, the lines of having to throw Dingle out and all that kind of thing I don't think it was that bad but that's certain individual and everybody down in Kerry knows exactly who he is um, he's well known and He's in big, big trouble here. He's in absolutely big trouble. There was a lot of handbags after that, maybe one or two blows, but everybody went after him. And yeah. geez, if I was on the field, I'd probably go after him myself. Like, Jesus, it was it was a shocking thing that he did. If that turned into a mass brawl and if if the crowd started getting involved and more selectors, and that was all his fault. Like, you're yeah. right. Like, I saw you tweeting last night saying he should be given a lifetime ban. Like, he should really have the book thrown at him. Whenever it's in the book, I don't yeah. know if there's any rule for this, but... That is unbelievable what he yeah. did. Like, not only is him coming in, like, sort of incensing the whole thing anyway, but hitting somebody who's not looking to fight. 
What's my It was a cowardly blow. And then running back in hiding into the crowd. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's nothing more cowardly than what he did. So this was a uh, county semi-final replay. Dingle won at 4.13 to 13 points. It was, the last one was a bit niggly. The last game was fairly niggly and this one spilled over. So, like, I mean, Dingle were winning well when this happened. It was 3.7 to 7 points. And it started off Paddy Clifford. Um, reacted to some kind of rough treatment his brother David was getting and that's what kind of sparked a bit of a brawl and then the back member of the backroom team got involved and like I mean there was a physio Ruth Allen contacted me on Twitter last, last night and she was saying it was a pure disgrace um, it could have been avoided um, as a chartered physiotherapist I was appalled and why wouldn't you be appalled she was down on the sideline looking at this first hand not good enough but again it's not one outside of this certain individual is not on the more serious end but like I mean both Paddy Clifford and David Clifford got sent off Paddy Clifford got sent off for for his role before that row or during that row and David Clifford was sent off after the in the 47th minute so like I mean I was thinking these lads got sent off and that was the end of East Kerry's challenge but they were well down at that stage anyway so Dingle did very well to win that they weren't absolute really strong underdogs but again that's completely ruined now by the actions of one of their backroom team and like I mean I can't imagine he'll be on the sideline for the final absolutely not nor should he Like, and if he if he doesn't get involved there yeah as you said there wasn't much to it apart from that so if he doesn't get involved that's just a little bit of pushing his shoving yeah. and it's over in 10 seconds nobody yeah. cares and the game moves on but yeah. he just sparks the whole thing and he's lucky that, it, that it, well, if that was an Ulster say, like I'm not, I'm not picking on Ulster don't but start this now because I was getting this all last night no, right? so I'm I actually going to say if that was an Ulster like that that, that would have <laughs> resulted in everybody running and starting a mass brawl it would have been worse if it was an Ulster right 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 because when I tweeted this last night and like I've no bias towards any county in the country despite what a lot of people might think so when (laughs) I see this I like highlighting it because I hate this shit on a football field I've said this loads of times on the podcast I got loads of replies from Ulster uh, (laughs) Ulster people saying well now you know it's not just an Ulster problem (laughs) oh now oh excuse me Kerry have these problems too (laughs) rightly so Jesus are these Ulster fellas so persecuted and such a chip on their shoulder that they just can't (laughs) even accept I'm highlighting this so I'm clearly not a hypocrite but it made me wonder Colin who the worst crowd of supporters are to cross <laughs> or worst crowd of people are to cross on Twitter <laughs> so Ulster Ulster in general when it comes to G are incredibly defensive and they'll come at you hard no we're not <laughs> why, why are you saying that now I think MMA fans they uh, Joe Brawley is an example of this and I've tweeted about <laughs> Conor McGregor before I think they stand alone as being you can't cross these people <laughs> they're aggressive they have incredible stamina. They won't stop for days on end. They will come at you non-stop. So MMA, I think, are the worst. Ulster are up there. Do you have a list here? I have a list. Gail <laughs> Gores, right? So I made the mistake of I made the mistake of crossing Gail Gores. These people are not to be messed with either. They have incredible stamina. About a week, I was getting it off these Gail Gores. The big. Twitter grudge match I would like to see is Gail Gores going up against MMA fans. I have no idea. I have no idea who might win. Dublin GA fans, absolute lunatics as well. You don't want to cross these people and I've crossed them enough. But the most dangerous of all groups on Twitter to cross are feminists. And I've, cro- I've crossed these as well. 
So you cross a feminist, she'll call you a misogynist and she'll tag your work. That's it done. It's not stamina with them. They just come straight in hard, put you on the back foot and you're completely rattled. Well, do you mean feminists or do you mean like idiots who like just don't like you? And radical feminists, yeah, radical like, feminists. Who give a feminist a bad name because yes. we're all for feminism and equality here. Let's just get that we're, straight. Well, I just like to say we're, I'm for equality. I'm not sure that's what feminism about the, with the radical well, ones. So I'd it, like to say that. It was some people have given it a bad name and I think that's who maybe you're talking yeah, about. That they're the loony ones that I'm talking about. Anyways, let's this, move on. This let's is like a Father Ted speech you're going through. <laughs> now we move on Layers. Well, basically, I think MMA fans versus Gail Gores. Why can't they? Can can we spark this off in some way that MMA fans can go after <laughs> go after each other? But anyways, um, Guido, right? So Guido won the county title yesterday. That was the game on TG4, and I kind of sat down. Remember, we were saying last Thursday, really looking forward to that, and we're like, ah, lovely, the great, this is going to be great. And what, what, what were we thinking? This was me just being losing my mind a little bit. We're talking about Nave Connell Glenties, who are a dour. <laughs> Awful team to watch, really bad. And Guidor, who I don't haven't seen enough of to know whether they've run up big scores recently. But you can be defensive and run up big scores. So like we were getting excited about MMG playing in the forwards, he absolutely didn't play in the forwards. <laughs> Kevin Cassidy, like I mean, he did what he could. He got a lot more ball in the first half, but that's only in comparison to the second half, where he might have got two possessions in the whole second half, and they mm. never moved him out of there, which I thought was bizarre. Um, first half he got tri- maybe three or four balls got a point and got fouled got the softest free I've ever seen yeah. so it just dived out in the ball and got a free but uh, I thought they could have moved him out a lot of backwards passing a lot of basically it was a, an example of why people want the game changed so they'll attack for so to get so far and then just recycle the whole way around no ball into contact lateral passing hu- freeze going backwards then a lot of hard man stuff in it. Leo McLoon going around like the hard man. I didn't realise he was that kind of bad. Maybe for his club he is. Yeah. He gave Neil McGee a combination one, two, three into the stomach. <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> yeah, in the first half? But like he was going around hitting lads and spocking and getting freeze brought up and there was a lot of this verbals and I'll carry on. It, it wasn't a good advertisement for the game. Guidor won't give a monkeys their county champions for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, honestly, every time I see Glanties and I've seen them a fair bit, it's, they're always... Unimpressive, like they're, they're terrible slow, team, slow, yeah. boring. I'm like, yeah, it's like they spend more time. You're talking about the hard man stuff, more time like looking after all this game sort of management stuff. And like I was saying to you, like seven people queued up to shake the referee's hand beforehand. You know, I was thinking, is this their way to try and curry favor with the ref? It just it seems like they spend more energy and time into that stuff rather than actually trying to play football. And I'm surprised that they've been so successful because. They're so one-dimensional. It's, it's oh, very it's un- obvious. What it's unbelievable. Dermot Malloy, obviously, you know, he's getting on a bit now. He was always their main man, and like they had that forward that they could just hit it into. But he got one free yesterday, and that was it. Do you know? Like, I just don't understand how they haven't been worked out long ago in Donegal. Yeah, Still. me neither. But like, I see, this, this is the thing. The game has moved on now, and Dublin showed the way. And now teams aren't bringing the ball into the contact anymore, and it really makes those defensive teams look re- really silly. Yeah, like we've seen it at inter-county level, and Guidor played exactly that. You couldn't blame Guidor for for not bringing it into contact, recycling, and it's a dour, terrible stuff to watch. But they're not giving them the oxygen that they need, and the, the, the game looks crap. But the defensive team have got nothing yeah. without the turnovers. <laughs> they've got, they've actually got nothing, and Nave Connell looked like a team. It's like, how the hell did these lads win a couple of county titles in recent in recent history? It didn't make any sense. Yeah, and not only are teams not giving them turnovers anymore, but like like the Dublin Donegal thing, like nobody's going to get caught out like that anymore. Counter attacking wise, yeah, they have their defensive tracking, yeah. and they're fit enough to track, and they will track. So 
it's like even if you do turn it over you're still up against it like so this whole thing is, is it's done get over it like done. move on it is done it is done um, so I read a lovely little piece there in the Donegal Democrat before the match last week and it was Neil McGee um, and he was being interviewed and it was a lovely little story so he wasn't picked for minor trials right um, so he showed up anyway he thought he was good <laughs> this is classy so he thought he was good enough so he showed up anyway he just Jesus. went down and as it turns out the only place available on the trials they, they put him in they put him in corner back he had been a midfielder up until that point so they stuck him in corner back in the trial because he just showed up maybe they were a bit <laughs> impressed about the fact that they didn't have enough and play corner back play corner back all that year and made, ended up making the team as a corner back and hasn't been back out to midfield really. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing <laughs> so Neil McGee I think he has three all-stars has he? I think he I has think it is, yeah. so he's three all-stars and this fella could have been just a, an also around midfielder Might not. I wouldn't have had him like he wouldn't be on the Donegal team as a midfielder like I mean he's oh, a no, I brilliant, but a brilliant defender and like you think it was always Rory Cavanagh and Neil Gallagher he would never have gotten in ahead of those two no. like, whereas he was their statement full back that's incredible yeah. the absolute neck on him to just show up like, so here's a message to all you young fellas if you're not picked for a trial show up anyway <laughs> show up go down there make sure you get in there imagine the kind of characters are going to be showing up around <laughs> see Neil McGee this could end up being like the X Factor yeah. like loads of different players who are useless showing up for their big chance to all minor trials but uh, yeah so Cross McGlenn game this was um it was meant to have been a classic so Cross and Glen won their 44 county title yesterday they were down by three points at half time they looked like they were in trouble and they came back um, they, I think they, they ended up winning it by six they had a massive last ten minutes and pulled away from Bally McNabb who have the Grugans and I think it was Jack Grugan who scored one six in total one four from six touches according to Joe Brawley who actually went to that game and said it was an absolute classic but it was interesting Cross McGlenn won their 44 county title um, and they have won the last 20 finals they've appeared in so that they, they weren't in the final the last two years so they came back kind of with a bang but I thought it was interesting because 44 is a massive uh, total and I think it's the most county titles that's be, that has been won in the country because I know Port Leash run 34 and they've dominated Leash for a long time and then you have Guidor who got the record yesterday so they're on 15 St. Junin's are on 14 so it's an aghast to kind of massive difference in yeah. some counties record kind of title holders do you know what county has the least amount so the most competitive county in no Ireland? idea I'd say Guidor must be down must be close enough don't you go they are close they're third bottom um, Wexford Wexford St. John's have won it 11 times right and that's the most in the county really there you go. Okay, so Wexford, <laughs> what a useless piece of information. So Donald Murta, the Cross McGlenn uh, manager, says, We're disappointed the last two years. You can't keep competing at the top level all the time. We've come back with a great spirit. We play football the way it should be played, and we won't play it any other way. And by all accounts, it was an absolutely brilliant game. So, like, I mean, it was 24 points Cross McGlenn scored in total to 115. But I take exception to him saying that, though. We play football the way it should be played, and we won't play it any other way. Sometimes you have to. If you play Glenty's buddy, you can't play that game. <laughs> That's all right because Bally, Mac- Bally McNabb are a footballing team as well. And the culture, see, this is the thing, the culture within our man, and I often think genuinely that it reflects the county team. So you look at, at the way Kieran McGinney believes in playing football. So if the, the club football in Armagh is just reflecting, look at Donny Gall is only moving away from the Jim McGuinness kind of thing. Carlo now with the poacher and stuff, that's gone going really dour. Antrim has been for a while. I think that a lot of these counties reflect the way the county team is playing. It becomes trendy and they, think they look up to the county team and the county coach and manager and they 
simply replicate that, you know. So I, although Mayo is Mayo is a, is a, an exception to this because that was a dour, crappy <laughs> game the other night, and Mayo would be an exciting team. So I was very surprised to see um, to see that getting such bad press and being so low scoring with Ballantubber and Briefy was twelve points to one eight. So that does contradict my earlier <laughs> my earlier point. But I'd say in general now, if you were go, to go through each county. That w- it would have, it would be similar. I'd say you are. Like I've only played in two counties, the same as you. But each time you hear people giving examples of what the county team were doing or what they did and how to get around certain things, and especially in Dublin, I mean, what better example could you have to play football? But the Mayo one, like maybe that's just a, a better example of managers who are just trying to win whatever, whatever's in front of them. Yeah. Like that that, like that quote's nice about we play football whatever way we want to play, but I mean, it's, it's not the reality. Like no. if you if you actually think like that, then. Wadenly comes into the Ulster exactly. Club if that's his philosophy. You have to you, you have to change your way of playing if you come up against a Glenties. There's no doubt about that. The Antrim Senior Football Championship final talking about a defensive <laughs> system. So it's Cargan five, Craig and four, five four, Conan, <laughs> five four. <laughs> this was the final score. Like I mean, Jesus. So you go from Cross McGlen twenty four points to one fifteen. And then you go to Antrim and I suppose the Guido or Glenties was somewhere in between with 17. But I always say with these matches, like the f- these dour games, they can still end up like 15 points to 13 or 17 to 15. It's just how the scores come by are so dull. You know, yeah. they're not exciting. They're recycle, 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 break a line, maybe win a free or, you know, it can get. It's just even if it's a high scoring game, I don't care. It's yeah. still... It's, it can be very dull and hard to watch Craigan will be sick I mean four points will win you most games in Ulster wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> well only only one free in that game so there were eight scores. I saw that would you believe that because I, I saw that final one and I went straight in to the report <laughs> to say how many were from play and I was ready to go crazy but they were nearly all from play <laughs> yeah. except for one it's a shame for Antrim because like they're really like they're PROs doing some job of promoting uh, the football and the hurling in the county but like they always like when it goes to rural Antrim outside Belfast they always have these lovely tight grounds and it was an ahal the other day that, that final and uh, it was like you know just people just sort of lining the whole way around the fence even behind the nets and stuff and it just looks class it looks like real Ireland you know right. and the, the kids were waving the flags as they were coming out the real tight area where they had to come out and and then you get served up nine scores for 60 minutes tough going definitely <laughs> tough going so in Mulling, in Westmead Mullingar Shamrocks won their 12th title they're second in the role of honour to Etlone who are on 20 and become obsessed with this these kind of stats <laughs> give us one or two more there <laughs> Kerry are second bottom 12 Austin Stacks and Dr Crooks that's all 12 yeah, each 12 each uh, Monaghan are the second highest behind Arma Castle Blaney have 37 and they haven't featured in a long time I'd no say. Um, okay, I'll give you one in the middle somewhere Derry, Balahi, 21. 21, right. Claire, Kil, Kilrush, 21 as well. Yeah, and they haven't probably won them in a while we'll either. We'll come yeah. back to this list later, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> right, so Mullingar Shamrocks won their 12th title. So there was a red card pretty early eh, after an altercation with Dean Moore. So it was Sean Lancaster picked up a straight red. Dean Moore had scored two early points. And obviously Sean Lancaster didn't really like the start Dean Moore had got <laughs> off to. And the, he got a straight red card. Now, who do, you, who do you think Dean Moore is? Is he anything they are, friend Connor? Connor Sketches' brother. Is he? Younger brother, <laughs> yeah. So Connor Sketches was on Instagram last night. His brother Dean scored five points. His cousin was captain. And his uncle Ned was the manager. <laughs> and his uncle Ned is meant to be a complete loose cannon of the highest <laughs> order. So apparently himself and Luke Dempsey didn't share a handshake after the game. Oh, really? So whatever went on the sideline, this is a serious rivalry. So we know Lomans were going for uh, four in a row. Donald O'Donoghue playing centre-half forward for... 
for Mullingar Shamrocks. They're not littered with county stars, Mullingar Shamrocks. So you look through it, don't know, don't know who played with Westmead. I actually marked him in the 2004 Leinster final replay. I was in the forwards, he was in the, in the backs. And he'd be a slow enough sort of fella. Not saying I did too much on him that day, but um, him playing centre forward really surprised mm. me. Kieran Gavin played for Westmead um, for a lot of years. He's full back. And to have Dennis Caroon in midfield, Dara Daly's played for um, Westmead before. He's a full forward. But, like, I mean, no John Heslin, you know what I mean? Or no kind of sprinkle of, you know, like, Guido with kind of a lot yeah. of legendary players. So, like, I mean, they're obviously just a solid team. Bernard, Flun's, Bernard Flynn's son came on after 35 minutes. So he's B. Flynn. So maybe Bernard called him Bernard. Mm. Um, <laughs> we were talking about this last week. <laughs> we were, and I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what about this John Heslin boy, though? Yeah, I st- I'm starting to think he's trolling me now. <laughs> so you put out a tweet and you're like, I'll put out this tweet to see what well, this now, idiot says about it. Well, now you have to explain to people listening what this tweet was. <laughs> so it was a picture of him and TJ Cox. Two pictures, one from 2013. TJ Cox is a young fan. One from 2018. TJ Cox playing alongside him. Do you know what it's all about, really? This and is uh, what the club is all about. That's what gets you with a tear yeah. rolling down your Well, face. John Hessen always goes one more, though. Like So they've just lost the final. And he puts out a tweet saying, Congrats to Mullingar Shamrocks. They're biggest rivals. Club football is great, depicted <laughs> by these pictures from 2013 and 18. This is the little corner forward as a little child and now as a 13-year-old, yeah. like maybe 18, I would imagine, yeah. something like that. So Even in defeat, John Hessen knows what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> and have you checked his Twitter today for a picture of the farm or a cow or something no, like that? Nothing no, nothing. Yeah, I was checking, but nothing yet. He usually <laughs> clears the head the next morning with a, with a walk around the farm. <laughs> so Dublin Senior Hurling Championship Final was an absolute classic. So it was 217 to 120, Ballyboden, 217, Chemical Croaks, one. 20 after extra time so we have Anthony Daly talking about what it being one of the all time classic games but there's some logistical issues now for Kil- or for Kilmacud Croaks who are in the football final on the bank holiday Monday lo and behold Conan the hurling final is fixed for next Sunday so why couldn't the football final have been fixed for next Sunday so like I mean now Kilmacud Croaks they have to play next uh, Sunday and next Monday now I was looking down through the hurling team and I don't think there's any starter off the hurling team on the football team but I'd say there's a few panel fellas involved so I don't know Kilmacud are just such a huge club enormous yeah. club that they actually have no starting dual players <laughs> to my from from my Ross Ross um, Ross O'Carroll would be on the hurling but I'm not sure he's on the starting team on the football now the, the football has changed dramatically since even three or four years ago when you would have known an awful lot of the footballers and now you know very little of them so maybe Kilmacud Crooks are the one club in Dublin that can handle playing a hurling match of county final on the Sunday and a football county final on the Monday so what a great time for the club it's a great time for the club but a little rural club with a small <laughs> pick I was just comparing it to Sock Neil who was they had 12 players on both panels see yeah you know. they have to like they don't have the numbers so Kill McCood an absolute giant who have about 3,000 showing up for under 12 trials <laughs> I'm exaggerating there but you know what I mean like they're a, they're a superpower of a club like I mean they don't seem to have any any problem uh, soaking up that kind of uh, schedule yeah, there doesn't seem to be too much of an uproar about it either, so they might be all right. Yeah, they might be okay. Uh, the hurling that was on the TV was a good game. Um, Ballier came back out of nowhere to beat Cratlow, who completely collapsed. It was actually inexplicable, really. So they went seven up in the second half, Cratlow, and after the 35th minute, I think it was, or maybe 37th minute, Cratlow just stopped scoring. That was it. <laughs> after playing well, like, like yeah. you know, like fl- going 
being the better team scoring some really good points from play and then just went out of the game completely and Ballier and these Cratlow were the favourites like it's not like they were the underdogs that came in with little hope and then they were they were the favourites to win this um, but Ballier just showed all their experience and ran out comfortable winners an awful mistake for, by the goalkeeper there was only a point in it at that stage yeah. and that was just an awful mess of a short puck out just went over the full whoever was in the full back line <laughs> straight yeah. into oh just ha- heart- heartbreaking stuff for him and that's the last thing they needed at that stage because they were in the middle of this collapse and they just needed calm heads needed a big score out of nowhere and yeah. they just handed them that was the end of it then then the heads drop and then a, yeah it game over that, that's it but Tony Kelly's point after 20 <laughs> minutes do you know what that's the f- now maybe I remember, I remember Kevin Broderick now I'm not nothing talking to you about this because you'll have no <laughs> recollection of this but he did he scored a sensational point and Johnny Glynn has done a similar one. There are two Galway players of being able to throw the ball over, mm. ju- but it's usually resting on the hurl, and they just throw it over off the hurl, and they continue on the other side. But Tony Kelly did it was different. Like he actually hit it over his head yeah. and ran over onto the bounce. And I'd ne- I had actually never seen that in hurling before. And I was just wondering, how is that not done more often? It seems like such a cheeky little thing to do. And even in Gaelic football, I remember when I was underage. I would do it a few different times where you'd hand pass, hand pass it over lad's head and you never see that in Gaelic football anymore I remember at underage you would see different lads doing it you know the kind of dominating midfielder that would be running through yeah. everyone he might do it I'm not saying that's what I was but like you would see it the odd time just wonder why we don't see that anymore yeah. is it that you'll cynically won't be able to go after it you'll be you'll be tied up it's a great move if you're out into open space and there's only one man in front of you because when you play it he kind of has to let you pass yeah like the, the Kelly one was class because he looked like he was about to shoot so it threw the defender and they try and block him and then he just pops it over his yeah. head and ran Beautiful, into space wasn't it? the hand pass like I've gotten done with that before and what do you do like you're sort of planted ready to do. tackle and then someone who's got all the momentum is <laughs> just running around you yeah. without the ball unless it's the co- too many covering players now but it's definitely something that's a great little move and you just don't see it you don't yeah. see it and when you do see it nearly always works you know I don't know what people are what players are afraid of we'd like to see a bit more of that because it's cheeky and it works it's the one though if, you, if it doesn't work it's, it's, it is the one thing like you know when you try to pick it up without bending your back uh, yeah, everyone yeah. on the sideline and the coaches they're Go going down to, on oh jeez they're going to destroy you so if, if you try to hand pass over somebody's head and didn't get the ball to the other side you're in big trouble yeah no exactly right the Wexford Senior Hurling Championship final Navena and St Martins so St Martins were big favourites going into this Navena were were junior six years ago um, Navena won at 2.11 to 13 points which is incredible and there's some different videos doing the rounds on on Twitter of Navena heading back to Gorey and there being a big street party and it's like we talk about the the terrible scenes down in in Kerry and then you see that and that's what the G is all about like there's no soccer and there, there's no like without winning the European Championships or the World Cup you won't see people out dancing on the street and that's with a that's with a, a country winning a hu- or getting to a World Cup quarter final remember back in yeah. 90 this is a little village there's no other sport in Ireland that will have the whole village out dancing on the yeah. streets outside of GEA. That is what the GEA is all about, Conan. Jesus, really? I've got goosebumps <laughs> there. Keep talking. <laughs> but anyways, Conor McDonald got two goals in this game. Cahal Dunbar, so he scored four points. He was sent off in the semi-final and it looked like the most innocuous sending off I've ever seen in my life and apparently it was interference with the with the face guard. Two of them fell on the ground. It was completely inconclusive. I don't see how the referee even saw it and he ended up getting getting sent off. Now, there, there was, it would have been just completely cruel if this fella had missed. I hate that face guard rule anyways. 
but it would have been cruel. So at the 11th hour, he was cleared to play by the DRA in Croke Park late on Saturday night. So he only found out on Saturday night that he was back in. So like, I mean, if he didn't play well, he would have a lot of excuses for not having played well, but he scored four points from play for his club in the county final after getting back in. Now we complain about the DRA in cases like the fights and getting off stuff you shouldn't be allowed. But that's a case where the DRA worked Mm. and for me worked well that he should have been left back in. And there are some, there are some referee decisions and maybe we give out about the appeals process. The appeals process works but just people, some people are taking advantage of it. Yeah, I'm surprised it had to go that far to go to the DRA. I mean, I watched the video and it was like, again, you don't think the thing has happened yet and then the video's over. Yeah. And it looked like the ref d- definitely didn't see it because he was playing away. He was following the play but the linesman seemed to be sort of signalling back to what happened. These two boys lying beside each other and they both get up together and so it must have just been the linesman calling the referee over. That's what I could draw from it. But like it is, I think it's disappointing that had he go the whole way to the DRA. It is great that they're there then to have a bit of common sense and tell people to catch themselves on. But I can't believe that somebody in Wexford uh, to start off with, never mind Leinster, could just look at that and say, here, this is not uh, a suspension. Yeah, yeah. So it worked. So the Cavan County final, we've got just two more here to go. So Castle Rahan. Um, they finally got over the line. They'd lost the three previous finals and they got over. There was 8,469 in Kingspan Brefney Park. So they're Bally James Duff. It's just a little small town, about 2,000 population. So they did it the hard way, this crowd. So they were six points down. Now, remember, they had lost the last previ- three previous finals and they had never won it before. Oh. Right, so like I mean, this is some serious shit here. You're six down. This is slipping away from you again because remember I was saying on Thursday they lost the 2015 final by a point. Then they lost the 16 final after a replay to Ramor United, and then last year they lost by five points. So maybe it might have looked to them like, geez, we're actually getting further away from yeah. it. Kevin Gales beat them by five, so then they're six down, and this is only a young um, a young team they're playing, and they end up coming back and winning by a point. So, like, I mean, talking about pulling it out of the fire, it's just, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. What's the best championship that you've ever won for Port Leash? Was there any that was like... Well, there was. Port Leash went through a big, uh, a big drought. Now, a big drought for Port Leash went from 91 until 99. So eight years, right? right. You might laugh at that. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that would have been it. Well, that would have been... Port Leash won an all in club and about seven county titles and about four Leinster titles in the 80s. So this was the greatest era in Port Leash's yeah. history. And then went the whole 90s without winning even a county title from tw- uh, 91. So we came along uh, with a really good team in 97 and lost the final to Stradbally. Stradbally won at 97, 98. Then 99, Stradbally were going for three in a row. And they had a, they had a pretty strong team. And they were, let's just say they were eyeing up other county champions to see how they'd be going in Leinster. Yeah. Do you know this kind of thing? And we didn't take kindly to that kind of talk. <laughs> this could have been a lie, but we were told it. And you know you're young, but we beat them in the semi-final and then we beat Joseph's. And they probably would have been slight favourites in the final. So, like, I mean, that that one. Then in 2 we beat Joseph's and Joseph's were very heavy favourites and we hammered them. Those two ones would probably be the two big ones. We hammered Stradbally in 07. That was a nice one. Anytime you beat Stradbally probably was, yeah. probably was a nice one. There'll be a big rivalry there. But the first two that I won would have been against the odds. And like you can't you can't you can't beat that. Like yeah. I mean, you know, you're not given a chance. So Castle Rahan are finally off the mark. So congratulations to them. Um and finally Leighton Glynn. They won. Glen Ely won to beat Karen U Emmett. Um Emmett's four ten to one twelve. 
uh, Leighton came on as a sub so he got his 23rd county title so he's on 23 and obviously next week um, Rat New plays St. Pat's and the, that could be his 24th so the winners actually of that it's confirmed will be playing on the Saturday in the county final and then they're playing in the Leinster club on the Sunday so that's not exactly ideal Raf New on 34 titles the 4th highest Are in they? Ireland yep. 34 the same as Port Leash so where are Port Leash coming that list oh yeah they're joined 4th with um, joined 4th give, the, give me the top 4 then you're, I'm, I'm interested Armagh Cross McGlenn 44 Monaghan Castle Blaney 37 Mayo Ballina 36 Ballina on Port well that's very impressive from Ballina now because the Mayo Championship is very competitive or maybe it, historically it wasn't and now it's just become competitive because like for me now Mayo is a is a really competitive championship yeah. and has been for the last maybe 20 years but maybe like Ballina it could be a bit like Cavan at inter-county level like they've got this <laughs> huge huge role of honour but it's all from the 40s and 50s Wexford like. four in a row because <laughs> <laughs> Portlaoise incidentally I'm pretty sure Portlaoise's county 34 have all come uh, since 1970 so 1970 oh that, see that's impressive that's very impressive yeah. like that's been a domination then again everyone will say there's only one team in Port Leash and that's outrageous <laughs> that there should be but a lot of people say that and I'll just finish up by saying there are about four teams in the Port Leash parish so like a lot of people from uh, Clannad from the Heath from I think the Rocker there they'd live in Port Leash but they wouldn't play for Port Leash do you know what I mean so like it's it, it doesn't sound good that Port Leash have only one team but there's be there'd be more teams than that in the, I think Ratnesk are in the Port Leash parish as well so they they're all drawing from there let it go will you <laughs> <laughs> alright we'll be back in a minute If you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even start like, didn't even go for the back. Took his line, took his extra five minutes. It was like, it was like the snooze button. Hit the, hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. 1-7 that day. All right, so Cross McGlenn ended their worrying two-year drought yesterday after a classic final against Bally McNabb and Aaron Kernan joins us on the line now. Come here, two years, Aaron. You must have been all, all really, really uh, worried in, in Cross McGlenn. Yeah, it was. Uh, it probably doesn't seem that long now, but geez, it felt like it was a lifetime. Um, <laughs> you're, not actually, you're, not, you're, not, you're not actually joking there. No, no, I'm not. It, it was. It's it strange. I suppose it's just because... Like we'd been in nineteen uh, twenty finals yeah. previous, so you just you're growing up. It was just this happens. Like we're there, um, we're in these finals all the time. We win these finals, and uh, I know for me, like growing up, uh, it's it always that's just the way it was for me. And sure, how did these young boys feel that were coming through then? Because sure, they knew nothing other than cross getting the county finals and cross winning them. So yeah, for us to lose one uh, was bad, but then for it to be two years in a row, um, it definitely it knocked, it knocked people's confidence. Um, even I know I'm I'm experienced and I've been around a while now, but um, yeah, it knocked all our confidence. But um, yeah, thankfully the the new young boys the the really found their feet this year, and um, 
their I suppose their performances in the championship just have been getting better and better as the weeks have progressed. Uh, but it was needed because it, it has been it has been a brilliant Armagh club championship. Actually, very very competitive. You would have had realistically about five teams who would have felt that they, they could have won it or could have won it. So um, yeah, from that point of view, it, it that make it even better for us. So when the full time whistle blew yesterday, you kind of got how it felt to kind of you know be really worried about winning one. Like like I'm, I'm wondering like you, you wouldn't have taught it at the time but like you would you would you have been taking them for granted uh, probably we we maybe did yeah um well to me i i always appreciated me my medals but i get what you're talking about because i was listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago and you were sort of talking through something like that where you were saying you sort of knew at different times you would have been winning games handy and there's no buzz we're like bad and come out yesterday and i suppose everyone's just saying they don't know anything about Bally McNabb and they won the league this year though but it's been really competitive for years and then you say well they've never won it to ask across to win that but we knew how good they were um, and the first half um, like Rory Grugan Jack Grugan Gavin McParland those boys like they were causing us all sorts of problems so it actually we were five down uh, early on in the game and it took us to the 49th minute to even take the lead so definitely it, it was it was one of the more enjoyable games uh, to have won because we had to work so hard uh, to turn things around. So it was, yeah, the buzz. And as we see, see, even whenever we took the lead for the first time, it's years since I've heard the cross Lynn support go as mad as they did. They were beating the back of the stand and uh, the roar just went up, you know, and that gave us a lift on the field. Um, and it, yeah, it was brilliant because you say, it's, it's a long, long time since I've heard the supporters having to get behind us in that manner. Like. Yeah, and they did get behind you. And like, I mean, I was looking just as a matter of interest, there's only seven of the starting team that lost to Castle Bar, I remember in 2015 in the All-Ireland semi-final and you really should have won that game. So this is a completely new team in the space of three years it is yeah and see the thing is we'll, we've just won four of the last five minors um, so we have a lot of good young talent coming through but um, it just it takes a few years for you to settle in like I know myself I was on the I joined the cross senior panel in 2001 and I actually never got a kick of the ball in championship football until 2003 and even that was the time whenever we would have been winning games handy um, like I literally couldn't even get on as a token gesture so for five minutes at the end so right. it, it is tough to make a step up but we we probably lost an age group uh, of boys where we would have hoped that they would have been sort of your mainstays boys in around 28, 29 years of age for one reason or another. They, they dropped off four or five key boys that would have been on our All-Ireland winning teams in 2011 and 12. And it just left a big gap between sort of us that were sort of older, uh, 30 plus, and the new young boys coming through. Um, but they like say this year they've really found their feet and their confidence uh, and composure has grown. And just even the second half yesterday, you know, whenever we were under pressure um, to come out and to kick 13 points, to score 22 points from play, um, that was brilliant. Like that, that's that's really pleasing from our point of view. Yeah, it definitely is. Like I mean, and you, like he outscored them 9-2 in the last quarter. So like I mean, Johnny Hanrat he scored four points from play, and like he was midfield in that game against Castlebar. Now he's full forward. So as he's pushing on in years, he's kind of a bit like Kevin Cassidy. You're finding new roles for different fellas. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Johnny actually ended. Well, Johnny started out actually in 2007 as a full forward. Then we moved into midfield, and he, he actually ended up playing most of his football yesterday. And he, he may have ended up in a program and named inside, but he played most of it as centre half forward. Okay. Uh, but our, our whole half forward line, Patrick Stoddard. Johnny McKeever and Johnny Hannity, um, I think they, they could have potentially got about 10 points on play, you know, and that's huge. You, you don't hear that sort of scores now, from, particularly from half forward lanes, the way football has gone. Um, but no, we, we had a great spread of scores all across the field yesterday. Um, but we sort of finished strong in all our games this past uh, three from the quarter final, semi final, and final. And, uh, that is probably a reflection in, in, in the training that we've done and how the boys have worked so hard all year, you know with a view to, to peaking uh, at the right time but just to have the self-belief to, to stick in it they say it, it took us a long time to even get level with them but once we got a sniff of blood that whenever we drew level um, we, we were just hell-bent and making sure that we checked on uh, which we did and it was a yeah, it was a brilliant finish to the game from our point of view I think I was reading in one of the reports there hopefully we'll see some of it on TG Cahar tonight but James Morgan moved on to Jack uh, Grugan I presume he was on Rory Grugan because he's your best man marker and he kind of tied Jack up then who was running him up in the first half yeah um, James started off in Rory but like Rory's very good uh, his quality of pass inside it's to me, I suppose if you look at the way Kerry get the ball into to the inside forward lane, um, you know yourself what it's like is that half forward to take the weed thing, thirty yard pass in yeah. towards the edge of the D. Doctor Crooks do it very well uh, also. He was playing quality ball into to Jack and Gavin McParland um and they were punishing us at every opportunity. To be to be fair to our inside defenders as half backs and midfielders, uh, you know, we we were left over at half time. The pressure wasn't what it should have been around the middle of the field. The, the, the quality of ball that was going inside, it, it was too good and we were exposing our own full-back. So, in fairness, all across the board the second half, I think we really upped our work rate everywhere. Um, we had far more intensity. We were hunting in packs and it meant that any ball that was going in, at least there was a bit of pressure on it, you know, that we were giving our, our, our inside defenders a fighting chance um, and it, it definitely it paid off. Like we kept them to only four scores in the second half, which sort of would have been unthinkable given that they'd won 11 in the first half alone yeah no that's fair enough and come here it was a weird when the final whistle blew and there were no brothers on the field to, to run over to like I mean Stephen and Tony were there the last time you won it and they're not there now yeah it was I actually never even thought of that until yesterday morning myself because you would always have the, 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 well it would have been usually the four of us um, Paul unfortunately he hasn't played for a number of years because of um, shoulder issues um, but Tony I knew he was he was borderline where he could have you know, play the part yesterday. He hopefully should be back for the next day, but um, it wasn't too long now. It just wasn't the final whistle before seeing them, but it was fairly soon after um, before we caught up with them in the field. But even that, you know, the, the cross support that come on to the field and just to see the share, the light that was in their faces again, that's something that we probably haven't had for a while. Um, and it was brilliant coming back even to, to our own town last night. Uh, our clubhouse was absolutely packed. And again, that that is a long, long time since that happened. So um, I think maybe the, the two years off has done us no harm. And that, um, well, while it was tough enough to accept at the time, uh, I think it's definitely uh, a complete renewed hunger um, within the club, not only in the players, but within supporters in the community. With everyone. So you're back to the clubhouse. So I'm picturing Francie Bellew with a big pint of Guinness sitting at the bar um, with a big smile on his face. Give us, a, give us an idea of what the cross clubhouse is like last night. 
Yeah, well, we've, we've played a big club just as you're, as you're coming in, but uh, unfortunately, Fratty wasn't there. Now, all of the older names were definitely there um, from Jim McConville, Oshin, the McAtees, Paul Herty, those boys, but Fratty's still the sort of boy he'd go to, to, go to a game and you'd always see him standing away up with himself with a, a monkey hat or a baseball cap or something on him because he just doesn't <laughs> want to talk to anyone and you see his children running around, but um, no, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be one to entertain the, the club last night. It's a pity because uh, the perception he's real quiet and shy man, which he is, but just give him a few drinks and he's actually, he's great crack, stick on any U2 track and you'll not be too long bringing Francie to life. So uh, it would have been good to have him there, but no, everyone else was there um, with all all their children. Um, so it was brilliant because it was it was nice for all those, and like I'm talking, the young kids, Joni McIntyre and Osha and those boys, they've all children now and around sort of 8 to 12 years of age they're now involved they're on their 6 and 8 and 12 managers so uh, they give plenty back but it was brilliant to see them there with the children last night enjoying it Yeah no definitely and come here tell me this how good are these I said, you said you won 4 of the last 5 minors like are we, I think when Ushin and Tony McEntee's age well maybe not Ushin because he lasted on into the next group you know the ones you were the, the kind of leaders on people were expecting Cross McGlenn to go away I think it was when we beat G in 2004 and then yeah. all of a sudden you came back and dominated again and now you're gone for two years like are these young fellas another group of players that are going to come through and dominate um, I suppose to, to replicate what had been done 19 championships in 20 years that I think that was just a bit extreme to be yeah. honest with you but definitely there, there's some superb footballers coming through um, and good pedigree um, coming from real good traditional families uh, and there's, there's others with that come through the families but that team you're talking about whenever we had lost yourselves in 04 um, and then we lost the Balahi in the first round of Ulster in 05 and everyone sort of thought that literally was the end of it um, but we won two minors in a row at that stage and we ended up we got about seven or eight players off those two groups which were basically the the new lease of life that we needed um, and we went on uh, they were sort of the bulk of the team from 07 uh, 11 and 12 all Ireland winning teams so um, again these boys coming through we have been winning minors there and maybe that just brought, brought a bit of pressure and that everyone thought they were automatically going to step up and the success was going to roll on um, and it, it didn't happen but um, just this year you can just see the maturity in them now um, the, I suppose the, the self-belief in them you know to, to see how tough situations or think on the feet on, on the field we don't complicate, complicate our game in fairness a huge amount uh, boys are, are without doubt allowed to go and express themselves but still to have the self-belief and composure to do it whenever things are going against you and you're thinking Jesus this is going to happen again are we going to lose for a third time um, so th- that's massive for them um, and I, I would think that they're leaving they'll even grow even more after yesterday because as you know yourself once you go and win your own medal um, you know it's, uh, you've earned it you know what it took then um, I definitely think there's more in them uh, I think that they get, they get even better um, and, and there is an influx we have, we have a great minor team coming through again next year with a really good under 16 this year so there will be a steady stream of boys coming through over oh, the next will. few yeah, years there will and then the McEntee and Ushin's children who are 12 now they'll be, they'll be coming on there's no <laughs> end there's no end to it in Cross McGlenn 
Yeah, well, uh, I suppose we're, we're quite fortunate up here in that we don't really have anything else, you know, in terms of soccer and, and rugby and that, you know, there's no real competition for other sports and it is a, it is a small enough town that Everton revolves around, that the community revolves around the football club. Um, but uh, we, we have got our house in order, you know, in terms of uh, Stephen, like, stepped away from playing last year and, and he went straight in uh, as our minor manager this year right. um, and, and they won the championship again um, but like we had like a real traditional name and Thomas Cassie who would have been county fullback you know in the 80s and early 90s uh, county winning captain he went in with him as well you know so we're trying to get we always try to get as many of our, of our former players to, to get back involved and helping out in teams as possible and um, I think that really helps because it, it just gives good continuity and um, you have boys with plenty of experience who are able to, to pass that on to the next generation coming through. Ah yeah, there's no doubt. It's absolutely fantastic. Come here, before I let you go, um, it was just a comment from Donald Murty, your manager, myself and Conan were talking about here during the podcast and like everybody knows you play a traditional style and he says we play football the way it should be played and we won't play it any other way and you know my thoughts on how football should be played and it would be similar to yours and probably similar similar to Donald's but like I mean I watched the Donegal County final between Guidor and Glenties um, yesterday like he couldn't really play that game that you love to play against Glenties for example who put so many men back behind the ball do you know what I mean like it, you that's all well and good when Bally McNabb want to play ye in a game of football yeah it is I suppose maybe Donald might have said that you know just after a game and he's just thinking about what has just happened there or even in fairness our semi-final and quarter-finals were, were really good games but it was because Armagh Harps Gullihanna would have seen themselves as capable of beating us as well um, so it was just literally man-on-man stuff um, everyone was backing themselves I, I think we're, we're definitely we'd we'll be cute enough to try and adapt our game um, I know I remember a couple of years ago I can't remember Roses but maybe 2012 we played Letterkenny uh, in the Ulster Club as well and they had, they had a lot of men back but we just had to mix things up that day um, we tried to occupy the few extra sweepers that they had um, but in fairness it's not something that we actually encounter a huge amount within Armagh football um, right. but it is something that you know, you would have to you would have to try and adapt it because say if we're trying to go direct football foot passing all the time it's, it wouldn't make much sense to do that there if another team I didn't see the game the job remember I'm assuming you're talking maybe it was did 10 men in back and 10 12 men inside their own 45 all the time so it would just be senseless to keep forcing ball down their throat um, if they had active numbers maybe to get two or three men around someone who might be receiving the ball so yeah um, we have Cole Island now uh, the next day out. So you'll be, te- you'll be tested probably. probably, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know a huge amount of them. I know they're in the, um, they, they won the county a couple of years ago. They lost maybe to Killyclough or two years ago after a replay. So yeah. um, they have some super defenders in Michael McCarran and Power Campsie. And I know Peter Donnelly is involved with them because I was involved with the throne camp. So um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be really well drilled. But uh, for us, it's just it's brilliant, and it's exciting actually. Um, you know, to be going into an Ulster campaign now with all these young boys, they're just mad for road. Teaching them the way, exactly. I'll let you back into your bottle of rock stars. That what you're drinking there? Um... <laughs> well, that, that was the first time I've actually tried that. There, so yeah, so far so good. <laughs> Talk to you, Aaron. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you very much, Colin. Good luck. Conan 
Martin Doherty who's a fantastic analyst and I mean I really heed what he would say in your programme I think, I think Tyrone are going to win I'm going to go with them I, as much as I, I predicted Dublin to win the All-Ireland at the start of the year I just think Tyrone are going too well they're unaffected by the other team too well set up I think they've been preparing for Dublin for two years they're ready for them I'm, I'm going to go with them you Paddy Power Performance the Week, Conan. The first nomination for this is Audron McNeilish. So he scored eight points. Um, he scored two from play. One was a late one. Um, but it was all-around performance. He was just sensational. He was head and shoulders above just a top class. And even though Glenty's had Kieran Thompson and he had him on him for a while, there was just no comparison between the two. One was like a Ferrari. Yeah. I know Kieran Thompson's a very good player in his own right, but it, just not on the same wavelength as Audron McNeilish. But Audron McNeilish is just a top, top, effortlessly classly brilliant intercounty footballer. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And when you have the type of class he has and he glides over the ground at intercounty level, he just stand on head and shoulders above everybody else in the field yesterday. Yeah, effortless is the best word to describe him. Like he just sort of plays at his own pace, doesn't he? It's yeah, just, you know, we'll do what I want to do, sort of when I want to do it. Yeah. The clip of them coming in on TG Car of all the the Guido boys coming in, and he's way behind everybody. He's got the headphones on. You know, people are sort of they know the cameras on them, so they're trying to sort of front up a bit, and he's just strolling in with the headphones on at his leisure, and it just sort of went out onto the pitch like that as well. He caught the ball, he kicked it forward, he scored some massive frees, some great yeah. points off the right hand left from play. That, that tap down as well. That was like, lovely, I was going to mention that, geez, yeah. That was just like, he just saw everything in slow motion and everybody else was chaos around him and he's yeah. just up in there and sees this thing. They use that tactic a couple of times. That's a Donegal tactic they use a lot. So the long kick out, they like to, we don't like to get it out there. Mm. And McNeilish, Glenties didn't have any competition really in the air for him. Like So he's actually a proper midfielder. I'd nearly just play him there for Donegal altogether. He has everything a midfielder needs. He's actually a really good fetcher as well. Yeah. That's maybe his. New, that's the new position for him, I think, with Donegal. They're playing Michael Murphy. There's the problem. It's <laughs> madness, isn't it? Like, I mean, Michael Murphy isn't even the best fetcher in the world. I don't think a midfield because, look, Michael Murphy. I think most people agree now that he should be in full force, especially when you see the goal he scored for Glen Swilly this year in the club championship. Did you see that? It was oh, a yeah. launch ball from the yeah. half back line. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you're right. Like because midfield, like when you're wing forward, no, it's not like you're forward. You're probably doing more. You are doing more work than the midfielder. You're coming back further and you're trying to get forward. Again, whereas McNeilish, if he's midfield, he starts deeper. He sees the play. Yeah. His best, his best attribute is kicking, kick yeah. passing. So why would he not use that more? Where he's and coming late onto the play, he exactly. really when he sees the play developing, he's really committing forward there mm. for for Guido as well. Like he puts the head down and just bombs it forward. So he's in the he's in the mix then towards the end of moves. He's just he is the ultimate club midfielder based on yesterday's performance, and he has potential to be an inter-county um, midfielder as well as far as I'm concerned Jack Rugan got 1-6 um, from Bally McNabb I think I mentioned already he got 1-4 from 6 touches in the first half That there has to be an asterisk about that because that's according to Joe Brawley which we all <laughs> 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 he was talking to someone Joe was, a, Joe was an old romantic no Joe was at the game so he was tweeting about the game and saying how great it was and apparently from anybody that you talked to this was an absolute classic game Jack Rugan is Rory's brother and he's played under 21 for him he's 23 so I don't think he's got a chance for maybe he has a, a 
different levels and I'm not sure if I've seen him playing championship football although that Armagh senior team changes an awful lot <laughs> yeah it changes consistently have you come across him at senior and county level no never Jack Rugan, no. just his brother obviously but like just a brother yeah who's obviously a class act himself lovely balance of, bo- uh, of both feet so like I mean Jack Rugan won six in total so that's not too bad against Cross McGlenn but again if you're playing full forward against Cross McGlenn you'll get the odd good kick pass um, because Cross McGlenn played away, played away. It's supposed to be played. I shouldn't be making fun of 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 the game being played the way I love it being played. Do you know what if it was a Kerry team saying that you'd be raving about it just because it's an Ulster? You don't like it. Yeah, yeah. So Timmy Hammersley, he plays for Canalty. Now I've got a lot of people tweeting me recently. Clanulty Ross Moore about my pronunciation so I messed up I was Clanulty but it's Clanulty so they're actually breaking it down into three different syllables for me to actually be able to pronounce this so it's Clan O-W-L-T-Y Clanulty so I have that right and t- Timmy Hammersley um, this is terrible that like I'm actually joking that I can't get these teams right Clanulty anyway they won the first Tipperary County title in 21 years so he you love his kind of talk as well um, Conan so he described the GEA as the lifeblood of the whole of Ireland mm. after helping Clanalty win their first title it just means so much to the people of Clanalty and Rossmore family, friends it's just such a small place I, don't, I didn't want to win it for myself it's for the people you grew up with now that's one of the biggest cliches that you'll ever come across like I mean I, in Port Leash definitely it was the football team I went and played with the friends I grew up with were on my road I think this cliche works for villages obviously where you all grew up together yeah. but in big towns this oh, well look we just all grew up together that doesn't work like, I always wondered why do people consistently say this but it's just village stuff that has taken hold and now everybody says it. Stop it, stop ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. You didn't grow up with all these. Like, I mean, like, especially on a big team like Port Leash, you could have three from one team, then another team comes up. So there actually could be five fellas that might be 21. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like, again, these village teams that might have one brilliant under 16 team and they're the backbone of this team for the whole way through senior and they all grow up together. I just, I'd just i love to experience how that feels, Conan, because I never have. Yeah, well, I suppose though, you will still have like your at least a handful of boys that you have grown up with. See, but even lads, I would have gone to school with them, but I then wouldn't have grown up with them. Portage is a big place. Like yeah. I, I grew up on a road, I mean, like, and I would have had my neighbours <laughs> from there. <laughs> and none of them, none of them played football. <laughs> go to school and train them with them three nights a week, and you know, like socialising with them. That has still grown up with okay. them. Like, they weren't okay. next door to you, but you did. Well, you did grow up. Them. Okay. Give yourself that. All right, right, okay. So I grew up with a few, I grew up with one or two of them. Um, that's grand. So, third uh, nomination, or this is the fourth nomination, is Stephen Smith from Scaries. Oh, yes. So, there you go. So, tell us a little bit about Stephen Smith from Scaries. So, we know he scored 2 4. Maybe a lot of people don't know because did anyone really watch that underdogs outside of Conan? Um, <laughs> it's hard to know. So, the underdogs got absolutely destroyed against Dublin on Friday night. And while the show was good and was entertaining, like, I mean, the idea that the underdogs team could beat Dublin is just like, I mean, that must be a thing of the past. I don't know how the underdogs actually did well against Kerry one year. Like, let's say Kerry just, Dublin don't do challenge matches. No. Dublin, <laughs> Dublin, just, <laughs> Dublin don't do reality TV. Dublin are just going to wipe the floor with anybody. doesn't matter what it is. So That, that was the best thing about it. We had weeks and weeks of this reality show and we're getting to know the underdogs yeah. and then Dublin showed up at the end of it. <laughs> 5-17, they won three, piss off home, <laughs> show's over. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, they could go to any county in Leinster 
for a pep talk said don't keep the keep the heads up now this has happened to a lot of us <laughs> yeah. so the Buff Egan actually the writing was on the wall when Buff Egan uh, tweeted the underdogs lost to kill Mul- I'll get this wrong now again Kilcommon <laughs> a Kerry Intermediate Club Harley Wise having them take on the dub so <laughs> like I mean that's it but anyway Stephen Smith he's a name I didn't know much about he's from Scaries, which is your new club um, how good is this fella oh like he is he's unreal but it is interesting this was his debut for the Dublin Seniors and I always thought that there's something fundamentally wrong with the underdogs that he's not on the underdog team but <laughs> see that's a thing with this underdogs like I mean you'd imagine if this is being advertised or if the underdogs had any kind of glamour or sway that he would be playing underdogs yeah. he's he's never played senior he's nope. played under 20, un, minor and under 21 yeah. and that qualifies you for the underdogs right it does yeah because there are some players on the underdogs who played minor and under 21 but they haven't played senior so they're allowed so like, like here in Donaghy getting to play against Kerry like yeah. he should have been playing for the underdogs and pressing against Dublin but yeah. obviously it's great for him he got his debut He's I've only known him for a year but he is he's class like I haven't gotten a hand on him yet in training you just can't touch him like he's small he's small corner forward whip it like what some people would say he might be too small but I don't get that argument if you can't touch him you yeah. know you can't get your hand on him Johnny Cooper picked him up against we were playing the Fena in the championship he scored 1-7 that day you know like 1-3 from play I think it was off Cooper he got 2 off Cooper Cooper was moved into the sweeper role then but like 2 it's 1 on 1 with Cooper skinned him alive and put the ball over you know both feet oh yeah oh he's got everything like his first goal he scored 2-4 against the underdogs and his first goal he just took a pass 3 players and sort of chipped it with his left foot into the far top corner you know, he's just he has that bit of class. class. He's a good finisher. Yeah. Then at the, at the like, it's not just pace. He's got a bit of an eye for goals, and like, he's a good good brain on him. Yeah, and honestly, like, it's not it's not because I'm playing for scaries, and like, uh, I obviously see him every day. I'm not biased. Like, he is. I could definitely see him making an impression with Dublin. Like, he's I know he's small, but he like he is just something different that I've seen anywhere okay. right well that sounds good we look forward to seeing more of him Paul Geaney who's a very regular uh, appear makes regular appearances on performance <laughs> the weekend he scored 3-1 now apparently Dingle launched in high balls like really went route one and sure Paul Geaney loves that kind of uh, service you just have to get it into Paul Geaney really is the is the is the answer there so 3-1 in a county semi-final again like I mean such a brilliant performance by Dingle it's just a bit sad that the headlines are coming out like I mean Tom O'Sullivan scored five points from play <laughs> Thomas Sullivan was named on the, on the sheet as a centre half back he scored the equalising point last week from centre half back so I'm going to take it that Tom Sullivan was centre half back and scored five from play from centre half back now it could be corrected on that but like I mean that's some shooting from, a, from who is pretty much we know Tom Sullivan is a defender yeah. right? we know he plays corner back wing back um so you imagine if he was centre back last week and came up and got that free, he'd be playing centre back again. So maybe he's five points from play for centre back, which is unbelievable shooting. How many hat tricks does Paul Gini have? Yeah, <laughs> his career. It seems like he racks up three goals a lot. Yeah, like it must be it must be a career record. But like. to really play play to his strengths, Dingle do like I mean, there's one thing like I mean, you look at the the. Well, okay, we we'll see the highlights tonight. But in general, from the clips I've been looking at on TG Cahar, Cahar. About the about from the club championship, Paul Geaney's getting good quality diagonal ball. He's catching over his head. Look at the back towards the service Kevin Cassidy got yesterday, kind of from Guido, where he was starved for a lot of mm. the game, but still ended up with two points. You'd have to say Cassidy. So fair play to him for that. Um, Connor McDonald got two one yesterday, so he was the hero in the semi final and hero again in the final. So completely against the odds. Um, 
that he was able to win that and like I said I saw a tweet last yesterday from Andrew Shore who used to play for Wexford he says there won't be a slice pan baked in Stafford's bakeries for a month so like I mean <laughs> there's an adaptations on this bonfires one everywhere isn't it so there's obviously Stafford's bakeries is a big bakery at Gorey so there'll be no slice pan baked so congratulations to Navena and tough luck St Martin so who are we going to give this performance of the weekend to ah here come on Bodron McNeilish no no no, no. Keep, keep trying ah, forget about it keep forget trying. About it. listen I didn't use a hometown decision and give it to Ricky Maher last week so we're not going to be given any hometown <laughs> with this we have to keep the honour of performance of the weekend this has to be Two four. completely fair 2-4 yeah 2-4 out of 5-17 give me a break I would have scored 2-4 myself in 41 minutes got brought off then after that got the 2-4 in 41 minutes 4 in 41 minutes why do you take off a lad like that was it to get the adulation from the crowd or something or do you usually do that with 2 or 3 minutes to go if you're, if you're after yeah. scoring a hat-trick maybe you're showing a bit of sympathy to the underdogs I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how's Ricky Maher getting on anyway how's his, his back in the gym probably well let's just say Ricky enjoyed the county medal or the county championship win very well did you see the pictures doing the rounds on Twitter the day after so all the Dempsey's fellas came in and this was like oh yeah and they were all outside uh, Humes's pub in Port Leash and they're all out in the street and there was, let's just say there was a carnival had <laughs> festival had out in that street there was dancing there was crack Ricky was right in the middle of it so they enjoyed it but like I mean Port Leash after county finals just do the Sunday and they'll do all day the Monday but then they'll be back into the Leinster mix so they'll be no doubt watching uh, Mullingar Shamrocks against Moorfield um, this weekend to see where, where they are but that's it so let me think Audra McNeilish look he's a Ferrari he's just one of the he's just ah he's just so much better than I ever was or like you know he's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. he's just so much better T- anyone listening to this think how good you are Audra McNeilish is better than you he's just better than you he's just class yeah. so Audra McNeilish wins performance the weekend and that's always time for this week so thanks to watching on YouTube and we'll see you again on Thursday good luck Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.